0: going to start out the Snap Judgment Born Identity episode by asking a very simple question. What's in a name? My mother would usually introduce me to people as Brando Skyhorse, son of an American Indian chief. There was an incident in first grade where my mother had said, I wrote up this thing tomorrow morning in class. Get up and you say this thing and that's it. That's all you need to do. So I bounced into class the next day and, you know, everyone rose for the Pledge of Allegiance. I sat down and my teacher looked at me and said, Brando, would you please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance? And I stood up in a very high-pitched, squeaky voice said, this flag doesn't represent me or my people, and because of this, I cannot stand for the Pledge of Allegiance.
1: Brando had done this kind of thing before. It was because of his mom, Running Deer Sky Horse. She thought of herself as a Native American activist. And the two of them were this tight, mother-son, oppression-fighting team.
0: We traveled the country together. We did almost everything together. If you weren't with us, you were against us.
1: But everyone wanted to be with them. Grandma's mom had this magnetic presence. People listened to her. People wanted to be around her.
0: Wherever we went, they just gravitated towards her, as if she was a rock star. And you just kind of like bask in their glow. My mother was probably the most awesome person on the planet. She had, you know, the sort of long, uh, luxurious hair. Uh, she was always tricked out with, like, the Native American, American Indian jewelry. She would routinely go to jewelry stores and, you know, she would, like, feel the jewelry and she would be able to say, well, you know, I could tell from the way this jewelry has been, like, you know, crafted that an authentic skin, that was her word for an American Indian, that an authentic skin had made this jewelry.
1: Running Deer was powerful. And Brando says that also meant she was demanding, hard to please, and easily betrayed. As a kid, he learned how to deal with his mom's eccentricities. After all, it was just the two of them growing up. Until one day, when she told him they'd be visiting someone he'd never met before.
0: You know, we're going to go on a trip, and we're going to take the train, and we're going to go across the country, and we're going to see your father, who's in jail.
1: Brando's father was Paul Skyhorse Johnson, Brando had grown up listening to his mom's stories about how he was a big figure in the American Indian movement. That's why he was in prison.
0: And there's a photograph where I'm sitting with my mom and I have this enormous smile on my face. We were waiting at Union Station. I'm so excited. I've got my little train outfit on. And I'm just literally, you know, about as high as a boy could be.
1: And meeting his dad did not disappoint.
0: I remember him being brought out, and I remember him having manacles on him, he had this sort of jangled when he walked. He was 6'2", he was really tall, his skin had this like kind of deep red finish, and he had the long hair. The only thing he was missing was the feathers. Basically, I ran up to him and I hugged him, and I think like my head went up to about his waist. It just felt like I was hugging this giant redwood tree, and I had this sense of, wow, it all makes sense now everything she said was true
1: for the next seven years brando was the happy son of paul and running Deer sky horse he wrote letters back and forth to his dad and then just about the time he started to hit adolescence when he was about 12 that's when he started to ask questions
0: i was just kind of happy to go along with whatever she told me up until about sixth grade It was around sixth grade when I started keeping score.
1: He asked why they didn't have any pictures of his mom and dad together.
0: The explanation was like, well, you know, there are no photos of him and us together because, you know, uh, photos steal an Indian soul. We couldn't have the two of us together in the same photo. I asked, like, how did she meet Paul? How did they come together? And the more questions I asked, the more ridiculous the answers became.
1: It went like this for days, until Brando finally wore his mom down.
0: She had probably had one too many of my questions and had said, okay, enough. And so she produced a photo album. And, you know, there was this one photo in particular. It was basically like an 8x11 shot. And it was a posed photo, like maybe it gotten taken at Sears or something. It was this very sort of delicate-looking man with, you know, perfectly trimmed beard, beautiful eyes. And it was that photo that she pointed to, she's like, this is your father. This is who he is. I was just stunned. Who? Who is this person? This can't be right.
1: I, I don't understand. This was not the man Brando had met in prison. This was not the famous Native American activist locked away for his work. This was not the man he had hugged.
0: This is your father, and and, uh, he was from Mexico?
1: And then his mom confessed the whole story. She was not White Mountain Apache, like she had told him. Instead, she was Mexican-American, born and raised in East L.A. Brando's real name was Brando Uyola.
0: I was like, so... I'm Mexican? She's like, well, no, you're Brando's Skyhorse. Like, this basically changes nothing.
1: For Brando, his whole world, his whole identity was falling apart. But for his mother, absolutely nothing had changed. To her, identity wasn't about blood. It was about who you chose to be. So she called herself Native American and told her son to do the same, even though they both knew it was a lie.
0: I think that my mom chose to become Indian because she understood very early on that there was a power that resulted from being exotic. If you look at photographs from her when she was very young, she she was quite stunning. She had chiseled cheekbones that allowed her to be mistaken for a number of things. So when it came time for her to decide to perform as an American Indian, it was a very convincing performance. She didn't really have to do much. She would have, like, the sort of Southwestern-inspired outfits, like blouses, skirts, things that look like you might find conceivably on a reservation if you, of course, didn't know anything about being on a reservation. She was a big fan of the, uh, the Wild Western uh, pavilion at Knott's Berry Farm.
1: Is that for real? You really mean she went to Knott's Berry Farm?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's very much for real. It was something that was uniquely her, because I think she really hated the fact that she was Mexican, hated the fact that her name was Maria, hated the fact that, you know, she felt like she hadn't accomplished anything remarkable.
1: So that's why Running Deer, aka Maria Teresa Benaga, had made up this whole fantasy. The man Brando thought was his father, Paul Skyhorse Johnson, was just a guy his mom had convinced to help her pull off the charade.
0: And there was that, that sense that as long as she could hold on to this charade, that she, she was somehow still special. And she didn't want anybody screwing it up, least of all her, her child.
1: His mom pretty much insisted that he keep up the lie. Brando says she threatened him and told him he had to keep the secret between them.
0: I knew from a very early age that my mother could turn on me at any moment. There were two moms. One mom was awesome and loving and caregiving and fun to be with, and the other just literally you'd flip a switch, who was tyrannical, aggressive, hostile, yelling, screaming, paranoid, slamming doors, like you name it, it was, uh, it, it was there. There was always some sort of you know, um, threat of excommunication that I could be kicked out of the house at any point. Like, given the right circumstances and given the right atmosphere, my mother could kill me.
1: So he convinced himself he could do it. But the lies started to wear him down.
0: I started to resent my mother right around junior high because I'm participating in a con. And I don't understand why I'm doing it. And I don't understand why we can't just tell people who we were.
1: For the next few years at school... He kept to himself.
0: I think I realized if people got close, if I really started to develop close friendships, if I had people that I could trust, I'd probably, I'd want to talk about it. So by the time 12th grade rolled around, I had my first high school girlfriend and we'd been together for about six weeks I, you know, I felt like, well, we're clearly going to spend the rest of our life together and we're going to get married. So I might as well be honest about all of my secrets up front with her. She had made a couple of comments along the lines of like, wow, like, you know, I'm dating an American Indian and that's so interesting and like, that's so cool. I had this sort of like almost melodramatic air, like, oh, I've got this this thing that you should know about me. And I told her and she dumped me. She's like, look, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't be with you. Like, we can't be, we can't date, I can't date a Mexican. And so when I hung, when, when we hung up the phone, I was
1: like, oh my God, my mom was right. She was absolutely right. Throughout high school, Breno was distancing himself from his mom. And he was hoping he'd get into a college far away from home. And from her. So he was eager to fill out his applications.
0: there was the box that was like, um, you know, check this for what ethnicity you are. White, Hispanic, American Indian, you know, Asian American, etc. Which one of these best corresponds to the life I've been living? I checked American
1: Indian. That's right. Even though by this time, Brando knew that he was Mexican, he decided to say otherwise.
0: I got a phone call at my house. I spoke to somebody who's dealt specifically with American Indians and admissions at Dartmouth. And he said, look, you know, you should, uh, you should come out and uh, we'll send you some plane tickets.
1: What Brando didn't know was that Dartmouth actively recruited for American Indian students.
0: So I got the plane ticket and I think the dollar amount was written on it. It was something like over a thousand dollars. And I just envisioned this, this ticket. It's like a big sack of money that they had just handed to me. And, you know, somehow or another, I pulled off some sort of heist in some way. And the more I thought about it, the more it felt wrong. Ultimately, I spoke to my mom and she's like, you know, don't you understand white people by now? It's like you're turning down something for free. You can't do that with a white person like you've got to go. You're you're insulting them if you don't. I got a roll of aluminum foil. I wrapped the tickets, like, very tightly, because I didn't want to look at it anymore, literally stuffed this, these tickets worth a1,000 dollars in an envelope, and just sent it back because I knew those tickets belonged to someone else, someone I knew I wasn't.:
1: Brando may have sent back the tickets.
0: But I still kept passing as an American Indian in college anyway.
1: He never unchecked that box. He started school that fall as a Native American student in Stanford's class of 1995. To be clear, Brando was a great student. He was in the top 10 students of his graduating high school class. But the idea that he might have gotten in with the help of that checkmark haunted him.
0: It always felt like I was wearing dirty underwear. I remember freshman year that uh, for a few weeks, there were a group of American Indians that would sit in the dining hall all at the same table. And there would always be a couple spaces. And, you know, they always would welcome anybody who would sit there. And I didn't. I would sit like, you know, at a separate table by myself and kind of watch and observe them. But like, I would never go over and say hello. It always felt like I was hiding something that like, you know, only I was aware of. Felt crummy.
1: At one point, he even asked a school counselor, did he get in because he checked that box?
0: He's like, look, you know, for some people, it's affirmative action. Some people, they're really rich. Some people, it's nepotism. Some people, it's legacy. Everybody uses whatever they have to get in here.
1: So let me, let me just say, when you have that conversation, working with what you got, is that you making a decision that your mother would have made?
0: You know, I've, I've thought about this and, you know, it, it's, a fair, it's, it's a fair assessment because I think in a certain way, it, it was almost by continuing to be Brando's Skyhorse when I, I got there, there was this sense of, oh, like, I guess my mother won.
1: I do think that a lot of Native Americans listening to this, I do feel like a lot of them would be pissed off. feel like they would be like, look, we have this history, you know, we've suffered for it. You benefited from that what would you say to them?
0: I guess there's two ways I could respond. I mean, one way is to say, you know, I think to expect that an 18, 19, 20-year-old student would be able to make these decisions on their own is expecting an enormous amount. You know, again, I was raised in a house where I was abused essentially every day of my life. To then expect me to go to Stanford and say, I have enough confidence to come out, doesn't have any sort of um, connection with, the way I sort of see myself 20, 25 years ago. And then another way is to say, that's totally valid, and I'm sorry. You know, I'm really sorry.
1: Brando felt that he needed to keep the secret for several years after college. And then his mom died of a heart condition.
0: You know, losing my mom in a way... Uh, and and I don't want this to sound cold, it it made me feel free. And once I felt free, then I became more comfortable telling people who I am in my story because I felt I had, in a sense, um, outlived the terms of our contract. The contract was null and void because she died.
1: The contract, that lifelong twisted agreement, it was kept in part because of his mother's threats. But it was also a show of Brando's loyalty to her.
0: You know, she wanted me to be an Indian, literally. I think that's that's what she wanted. You know, some people want their sons, or, you know, their children to be policemen or firemen or doctors. My mom wanted me to be an American Indian.
1: Brando doesn't lie about who he is anymore. He tells people the truth. He's a Mexican-American who was raised... Sort of Native American.
0: I, I would love to go back in time. And I mean this sincerely. Like, I would trade this, this entire story, all these people, all these characters, all these experiences, to go back and be raised as Brando Uyoa. But I can't.
1: When he was in college, Brando did legally change his name to the one his mother called him. The one that felt right. Brando Skyhorse.
0: Keeping Skyhorse now, in a way, is it's keeping my mother close. And I do want to keep my mom close. I, I do want to keep that connection. This is as close as I can get. Big thanks to Brando Skyhorse. Check out Brando's memoir, Take This Man, and his award-winning novel, The Madonnas of Echo Park. Brandoskyhorse.com. Big thanks as well to Kurt Wells and Bennington College. The original score and sound design for that piece was by Leon Morimoto. It was produced by Liz Mack.